Welcome to the New School of Success. I'm Nick Maytash. And I'm Julian Rosen, and we are here to turn the game of success on its head. No more hustle, no more grind. Just the tried and true principles to help you win at life on your own terms. Class is in session. Welcome to all the students, the the valuable, wonderful, just fantastic students here at the new School of Success class, as I've said on the intro, is in session. Myself and Julian are here today to deliver some of the the newer, more nuanced ways of achieving and, and creating a, an amazing or life. Maybe better. Is lit. He loves to cut me off, this guy. Um, but we're here to deliver all the cool and new and, and just more powerful ways of creating success in your life. And before we do that, because we have a really, really cool episode planned for you here today, uh, Julian, wanted to share a little bit of love from a reviewer out yeah. in the internet world. We are an interactive podcast. It's not just you sit and listen. We bring you on board. So you leave us a cool review. We shout your name or your fake uh, podcast name from the rooftop. So this is from Kier 622 These episodes are awesome, exclamation mark. Nick and Julian don't take themselves too seriously. <laughs> truly, truly astute observation. Um, but the tools they provide are powerful. Yep. Also astute. Also Love astute. Show exclamation mark. X-O-X-O. <laughs> no, there were no XOs. That's from no. Joe Dirt. That's from the movie Joe Dirt. Um, Joe Dirt. Don't church it up. Uh, so, Nick, today we're going to talk about the one thing that makes the life the simplest. The one thing that everybody wants clarity, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to know... Uh, they want to have direction. They want to have a sense of purpose and in what direction to go in with their life and to make the most of it. They want fulfillment and success at the same time. And I agree, you should. Um, and so today we're going to talk about giving you a really powerful compass that will always guide you to your greatest good. It will always guide you to peace, to fulfillment, to prosperity, to all your needs being met, and then some. And I think we both can agree that when we have used the compass that we will mm. be revealing later (laughs) um good things have happened right nicholas uh i would have to agree i think we both have a few examples that we can refer to and uh this compass for a uh you know four installments of 497 dollars, we can get this to you shipping will will take three to five business days but (sighs) julian's doing weird things on the other side of the camera i'm getting ready He's stretching. He's getting ready. No, the compass is not something that you have to buy. You already have it. Uh, we cannot give it to you because yours has its own unique print, just like it's, your finger has its own unique print. And that, my friends, that compass that um, we all have within us is our heart. Yeah. We're yeah. going Disney Channel, baby. We're going Disney Channel. Yes. I just, I just returned from Disney World, so we're feeling very, very in touch with the, the lighthearted um, – message of all the Disney yeah. films, but in, in, in some, some form of realness, yes, your, your heart, the, the compass that is within you, if you, can, if you can learn how to understand it, process what goes on around it, the emotional self that you are and, and always have been, yeah. like you can really tune into the direction and actually move with confidence and certainty based on what it's telling you. And like I said, Julian and I have some stories that we can definitely share to kind of speak yeah. to the power of trusting the heart despite what the circumstances might show you. Um, like the circumstances around you might reflect something back to you that says, oh, no, that's the wrong thing. That, that is actually the ego saying, hey, don't do this thing because that's going to take us out of what we've known for so long. But 
if you really can uh, just disregard all of the other nonsense and really focus in on what your heart's trying to tell you, that's where really, really cool stuff can happen. So Julian, would you care to share one of your stories? If you have many, please do, you know, indulge. But I would love to, the hearer, the hearer, <laughs> the listener, the hearer is not a word, the listener to have some tangible examples of what the heck we're talking about. Because especially if we got a, a lot of hard driving entrepreneurial, like we want to go out and get it like, okay, this sounds very, very, yeah, Disney-like. Like, oh, it's yeah. a fairy tale. I can trust my heart and I'm going to yeah. make things happen. Yeah, yeah. And the cool thing is, as with all the cool things we talk about, um, neurophysiology is actually showing that your heart isn't just a muscle that pumps blood. Your heart mm. is actually processing, exchanging, and sharing information with you that your brain can't even process. Your heart can actually pick up energetic information and perception uh, in an area far greater than your um, far greater than your actual, your brain and your little, you know, your five regular senses can do. So your heart, like for, you go through all the spiritual masters and, and, and at some point they say like the universe is in you, you know, God is in your heart. They say all these things and it's nice to be like, Oh, ancient spiritual people are so silly. They don't have iPhones, but like, no, they fucking knew what they were doing. And they were <laughs> and, and the cool thing is, and I was just, uh, I was reading a Wayne Dyer book that was uh, talking about this on every single continent civilizations that never even spoke to each other uh, all had the same, um, they all had the same core message in their core philosophical scripture about the importance of truth being in heart and God being in heart. And, you know, when we talk about God on the show. We're not talking about a guy with a beard in the sky that's going to burn you if you're bad. We're talking about this universal intelligence that connects everything communicates through your heart. So that was my rant to say, we can come at this thing spiritually, we can come at this thing philosophically, we can come at this thing uh, biologically and physiologically, it doesn't really matter. The heart knows things that your uh, ego, that your, that your brain doesn't. And that's a good thing because your brain is a survival tool to keep you safe. So by default, your brain doesn't want new growth, your heart mm -hmm. does. And so that's why a lot, really when Nick and I are giving you information, it's to help you win that tug of war between head and heart. That's really why we're here. That's why we're doing this. So boy, oh boy, the original question was a story. So yes. let me tell you one folks. So, um, well, so there's two really defining ones. I'll give you the first one, which was after I lost my mom to breast cancer, I was not the f most fun guy to be around. Um, and that included myself. I hated being with myself. It was a very dark place, very dark time. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I hear this all the time from people on like Instagram and from clients and whatever. Like, I just don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what's next. And I was also in that place and I didn't really know. I really didn't know what to do. And for the listener, you'll understand that there's a difference between the chatter your mind creates and this inner knowing that your heart will make available. One is incessant and negative and noisy. The other one is it's peaceful and it's calm, but it, I mean, it's, and Nick, I think you'll agree. It's kind of assertive. It's kind of like, come on. Yeah. Fuck, no, this is what you should do. Come on. Hey, asshole, right? go this way. <laughs> yeah, go this way. It, it's from a place of love. And so <laughs> I kept getting this call in my heart. Like when I, after I lost my mom and I was really depressed and I was living alone and all this stuff, fitness, working out was like the one thing that helped. Like it just, it kept me above the water, so to speak, kept my head above water. And so I kept, kept getting this call to like go into fitness. And, 
you know, I, my family kept saying, oh, there's, you know, trainers make shit money. Don't do it. Um, you have no experience. Uh, you know, I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. And they're like, oh, it's really hard for on a trainer salary to live in D.C., all these things. And just like this, this knowing wouldn't go away. Like, you got to get into this field. You've got to get into this field. You've got to get into this field. Like, you know what? It helped me when I was depressed. I'm going to be, get as good as I can at it and go help others with it. Right. And it's important to understand, like my head was saying all the reasons why analytically I shouldn't do it. All the reasons why I shouldn't do it. All the fear-based what if scenarios. And remember when we think about things, it's important to understand the mechanism of thinking you're activating the left side of your brain, which is where all your data points from the past up until this moment are collected. Your left side brain prioritizes the negative experience because it wants to keep you safe. And it doesn't want those experiences to happen again. So it keeps you on the lookout for those experiences, but keeps you focused on them, which doesn't really help much. So understand that when we think and we plan and we analyze, we're really just consulting our old negative self. Obviously, that's not conducive for building a positive new life. Would you agree, Nick? I would. See, now we're rolling, guys. So anyway, <laughs> I just started where I was. I was like, well, what do I need? I need a certification. Cool. Went on Groupon and bought one and then got, I mean, I had, to, I had to study and certify and everything, but like I bought a course and I did it. And every night when I got home from my job, I spent an hour non-negotiable doing it. And then I passed and then I just started applying to jobs that excited me. I wasn't qualified for all of them. Uh, but that thing in my heart was like, just this place, go to this place, go to this place, go to this place, apply here, apply here. And yeah, some of these places I had to bullshit my way in and do a little schmoozing, <laughs> but I ended up getting into a place that was just perfect. And it allowed me to really cultivate my mastery and my skill in the art of performance and physiology and fitness. Um, and I met great people. And, you know, from there, that's when I got inspired to start an online fitness business, which is what, what got me an online coaching, which is what allowed me to start traveling the world with my wife and, and be remote. Like, all of this started because a little voice in my heart was like, hey, go, go do fitness stuff. And You'll hear it. If you have enough stillness in your life, you'll hear it. If you're rushed all the time, you won't hear it. If you're reacting all the time, you won't hear it. If you're focusing on how you, you're so lost in life and that is the only dialogue you're allowing into your awareness, yeah, you're not going to hear it. But invite it in, meditate, go in nature, like spend some time in stillness so that this thing can make itself known and it will be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lovely, man. Well, thank you for sharing that. Got a belly uh, full of grapes, man. I'm going crazy. Your belly, he's falling off the table. Um, yeah, just something that you spoke to, and I wanted to also mention is that this this civil war of sorts between your head and your heart. Your head, like Julian said, your your brain is literally like this filing cabinet of all of your past experiences, all of the things that you've gone through. So when you have this this little hit on your heart that feels new and feels different. When you try to run that through the filter of your brain, if it hasn't experienced it or hasn't seen evidence of it working out with someone that is you or similar to you, it's going to reject it. It's going to tell you that it's a bad idea. It will use fear. It will use any tactic it can to avoid going into this thing that it doesn't understand. It doesn't see as familiar because the brain loves comfort and familiarity. Your heart, however, likes to travel the unknown. It likes to dig into things that aren't necessary, necessarily things that you've, you've gone through, things that you've worked through. Um, I mean, Julian's was, was a pretty good example there. It was like, 
hey, go do fitness. Like, oh, well, I've never done this before. But what does that yeah. even look like? And like, you, that's when you ask your brain the question of, like, should I do this? It's going to be a resounding no because your brain, its job again is to keep you safe, and it perceives anything that is not well known and well well. Uh, you said the data points. Like, if you can't, if your brain can't see it, it thinks it is the scariest shit that you could possibly bring it in, in into its atmosphere. So like, just understand that running your, that, that heart's calling back through your brain is just going to water it down. It's going to take it away from the, the power that's coming straight from your heart. So if you can just find a place where you can hear your heart and allow yourself to, to trust that it actually has some value. And, and frankly, I'm going to pivot this back to men specifically, like guys, we've been conditioned to not feel, to, to reject our emotions, to, to not listen to what our heart is telling us to do. And there's so many guys that'll just wear that as almost a badge of honor. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel, I just keep acting. I keep doing it. I'm like, yeah, you're missing out, man. Because this, this, this calling that our heart likes to speak through us with is, is the thing that can guide us to the, the next step that leads us to our greatest step. Like the, the fitness thing wasn't the end of the road for you. It was, it was just that step that got you into a place of service. It got you into a place of helping people grow. And then from there you're like, oh, this is really cool. I wonder what it would look like if, if I was doing more of a, uh, a, a full life holistic type of coaching, life yeah. coaching, obviously. And like, it just keeps leading you towards your, your greatest good, your highest point of service. And at this point in, in Julian's current life, like, He's, he's maxing out. He's hitting everything that he's, that his heart is, is trying to tell it for, tell him for, for years and years. And it's only going to continue to evolve and change and give him little whispers down the road. Um, but the fact that he's listened to it, the thing is when you, when you listen to the heart and you actually jump in the direction that's asking you to jump, it honors you with some type of reward. It's not going to reject, um, your efforts. Like you jumped in and you, you found a gym that, was perfect for you and that led you to doing the online business thing like it keeps giving you rewards for taking those leaps and I mean I have a, a similar story too in terms of following that leap and, and trusting in the heart the heart-centered part of me rather than listening to my brain and I've told the story a, a bit on the podcast but like when I met my wife I had just broken it off with a, a girl I was dating for four and a half years and I told anybody that had a set of ears on them, then I'm, I'm going to be single for two years. I'm 24 at the time, mind you. I'm, I'm going to be single for two years. I'm going to enjoy the freedom of my 20s. I'm not going to get tied down, yada, yada, yada. That was my brain. My brain said, I just ended a relationship. I can't jump into anything. My brain said, I just spent four and a half years with someone else. I'm going to get to know myself. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I felt disconnected from that part of my life. And that was what all my brain said. These were the, the rational things that I had in mind. And then I met my wife a month after I broke it off with the ex-girlfriend. And when that happened, like even in the moments that I knew, like my heart was trying to yell at me in a loving way, like, dude, this is it. I would still reject it. I would still say, I, I remember one time I said to my wife on a date, like, I, I don't even know, uh, you know, if I'm trying to get serious with this whole dating thing, I'm just having fun hanging out with you. Like I said something to that effect and thank God she didn't just get up and walk away. But <laughs> the, the point here being like, obviously, I, my, my heart was telling me something. I jumped into it. Um, within a year, I moved out of my hometown. I moved out to where I currently live with my wife. And that led to, you know, getting married. And now we have a sweet little daughter who's, who's going to be two in a couple weeks here. Ooh. And yeah, little Lucy. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing that you get the reward if you take the leap. Because the leap is almost almost always going to, 
it's going to, it's going to be in conflict with the brain, with your, with your ego, with your mind, because that leap is going to take you out of what you've known. And if you can just trust it enough to take that extra step outside of what you've known and what's familiar, there is that beautiful part that gives you the reward because you had the courage to, to do so. And like, I got that experience through my wife and then my family that we have, I've experienced it through, you know, just taking certain leaps and jumps in the business. And I know that you've uh, taken a recent leap yourself in your business. It's just, there's, there's so many examples that just the two of us could speak to when yeah. you can jump into it and say like, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm not sure where this is going to go, but for some reason this feels like the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then moving from that place, almost always, at least in my experience, it's been something good will come from that. It's not going to be a one for one. Like I get it as soon as I have jumped into it, but at some point I'm going to find myself in this moment. They're like, Oh shit, this wouldn't have happened if I didn't jump into to what I thought was the right thing. And it always has this like beautiful moment on the other side of that courageous, that courageous leap. Um, so that was my monologue. And now it's your turn. It's a game of tennis of monologues, but monologues. No, I mean, it's important to understand, like, and we'll just keep circling back to this because I think this is what we need to make clear. This is the point to, to hit home is like you're, we are taught that, I would say, as Western, Westernized people, we're taught to really prioritize this analytical, transitive type of thinking. Like, okay, well, if A equals B and B equals C, like, okay, then I'll go for it because I can see myself getting all the way to D, right? Mm-hmm. That's not how the universe unfolds. That's not how life force works. That's not, not, that's not how life works, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, and that's why so many people wake up to this quarter life or this midlife crisis. They're like, wait a minute, I did all the steps really nicely. How come I don't feel secure and fulfilled and happy huh like yeah dude because you've been living that left brain life for 20 40 30 40 75 years 75 years and now you live in florida and you're old you suck (laughs) um sorry little rant there but no no it's funny like i was playing a game when i was like 26 i was playing cards against humanity and one of the cards is like work a job you hate buy a bunch of shit retire in florida die and I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> really, like, real, really fast. Yeah, but I was like, oh my God, like cards against humanity, calling it like it is. Like so many of us were like on this path, we haven't questioned and, and it is a path that is devoid of heart. It is mm-hmm. a very analytical left brain, um, left brain path. And when you walk that path, the reason why it feels so empty is because it's not yours. You were spoon fed other people's stuff and then you accepted it. And when you look around, you don't see a life that is actually aligned with the real you. It's like this watered down uh, cookie cutter, one size fits all bullshit. And you're like, oh, I guess I'll watch Netflix. I guess I'll drink this bottle of wine. I guess I'll do this. I guess I'll do this, right? Everybody's working for the weekend, Nick. Like, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be yeah, like that. And not. so back to the original core essence i'd say of this episode is you've got to be able to hit that override button mm-hmm. where your brain is going to want to your brain is going to want to throw the hissy fit that we know it's going to throw because it's designed to do hissy fit things like cool you got to show mm-hmm. some love for your brain it's here to help you but at the same time you were put on this earth not to be hijacked by your hissy fit brain you were put on this earth to do really amazing shit like whatever the amazing shit is for you like we're all built and given our 
our skill set and our gifts for a very unique purpose. But like your heart knows all this, your heart knows all this. So no, it's funny to the brain. It feels like we're leaping into the unknown, but your heart is like, dude, I'm, we're fine. I'm picking up on energy. I'm picking up on like time is just an illusion. I've already been to the future because the future is now like, this is where you need to be, bro. <laughs> just listen. Your heart's like Bill and Ted. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like, it, it's true. Like I, I can sit here and look you in the digital face, Nicholas. Mm. Every time I have overridden the brain to do the heart stuff, everything in my life has expanded personally, professionally, financially, fulfillmentally, physically. That's a fun word. Fun fulfillmentally. I like that. It's new. It's cool. But it's like literally a a batting average of a thousand percent. Like it's never led me anywhere bad. Right. Like there's been obstacles, but again, in retrospect, even the obstacles were a good thing. It was a big win, 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 win fest. Win, 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 win. Yeah. Now, I mean, like, like I said, you don't, sometimes you don't get to exactly where you want to go by taking that, that leap that your heart tells you to take. But at some point you will land and you're like, Oh God, if I hadn't done that a year ago, if I hadn't done that three weeks ago, I wouldn't have been able to, to be in this place that I'm at that I, that I know is the right spot for me. Yeah. And it just is a matter of understanding that this thing in your chest, yes, it pumps the blood, but it also is trying to tell you some stuff and it, it, it serves, it only serves us, and you can only hear it if you allow yourself to, to be open to that type of conversation and be open to what it's trying to tell you. And that, like you kind of mentioned in the beginning of the episode, that's going to require you to unplug from the stimulus that your brain loves because your brain loves to just keep going and going and going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It never wants to stop because when you unplug and meditate and journal and read a book that isn't, um, <clears throat> you know, that, that might give you some, some insight outside of what your brain has always tried to tell you, it's going to allow you to see like, oh, Maybe there's something different going on here. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something within me that is, is more important than the fear that my brain is trying to communicate to me. Yeah. And it's, it's just a matter of can you, with some, some form of st- sustainability, yeah. sit down in silence for a bit and yeah. allow your heart to say something and actually listen to it? Yeah. That's the game you have to play. But once you honor it yeah. and see that you don't die on the other side, what's really cool is that your brain, which loves to acclimate and loves to become uh, as comfortable as possible. If you've moved in the direction of what your heart is telling you, which it will naturally be unfamiliar and uncomfortable, it's going to normalize. And then your brain's going to be like, oh, right, we didn't die. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, we didn't die. And then it's going to feel like, oh, this is, this is homeostasis again. I'm back yeah. to being normal and I'm fine. And it's going to realize that you didn't die this time. And then if you take the next sleep, it's still going to freak out. It's going to have a tissue fit, but it's probably going to also have that reflection of, oh, we didn't die the last time we did this. So maybe it's okay to take this leap. And then when you take the next leap after that, it's going to have a hissy fit again, but it's going to be smaller and smaller because yeah. again, your brain's job is to store evidence of what you've gone through and what you've experienced. So if you can give it enough opportunities to see that by going in the direction of what your heart is telling you and, and leaning towards your expansion, you don't die because that's the brain's greatest fear. Like it's going to have some evidence that says, okay. I can, I can take a breath here and follow this because I know I've done this three, four, five times now and it's turned out okay. And every, t- every time I've done it, it's become normalized. So maybe, just maybe, I can move in this direction and know that everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Neuroplasticity, man. Your brain will loosen up the grip. Uh, it's like jumping off the diving board. First time you do it, you're like, ooh. And then the second time, you're like, it's not so bad. And then the third time, cannonball. Belly flop. Yeah. So 
one one last main huge point I want to make here about head versus heart is the heart delivers truth, the head distorts it. Put that on a t-shirt. But we have so many t-shirt ideas. But that's the one, man. Like we when we let our brain run the show, we're not actually accessing reality. Mm-hmm. We're accessing what our five senses are telling us as far as sensory information. And then that is getting blanketed and vomited and distorted by our preconceived assumptions, our belief systems, the conditioning we received growing up, uh, the fears that we received from evolutionary psychology, just from our caveman ancestors. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the times when we rely on our brain to tell us what is happening, we're getting a distorted, chopped up, rearranged Picasso type version of reality. Whereas your heart just knows your heart knows like what is real, what is true. Right. And, uh, thanks to your recommendation, Nick started reading a course in miracles, got past the first couple awkward pages and now I'm loving it. Um, and yeah, it's all about just like a miracle is really just undistorting the truth. Like, or yeah. Undistorting the truth. Yeah. Just removing that, that weird filter that we all have up here. In our noggins that tries to tell us that. that, Returning from a analytical left brain ego centric version of the unfolding of life and really returning it to this heart centered, this love centered view of life. And so Mm -hmm. when you can do that, things start to align. Yeah. That's a pretty sweet place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, either currently or in your past, or it could be with a current client or a past client, where have you seen this shift where you're like, all right, I know it's either me or I know this client. Like, I know their problem isn't the problem they think they have. Their problem is their head is distorting the truth and they need to, they need to listen less to that and listen more to the heart and then it worked out really well. Do you have any anecdotes of either yourself or client selves where that mm. has happened in a cool way? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll share one that, that uh, happened to a, a client of mine recently in terms of like what they thought had to be done. Their brain telling you like, this is, this, this is the way that it has to be. This is the thing. Like that's the brain's MO is like, this is how it's supposed to be. This is the ego speaking. This is how it's going to go down and, and I need to kind of stay on this route versus like maybe there's a different way and it's often trying to whisper and or shout pound on your chest and say like, this is the way. So I remember sitting with a client and he was trying to lose some weight and he kept lamenting like, ah, I, I work harder than anybody else in the gym. I'm, I'm looking at, out at everybody else. I'm like, oh, I work harder than, than everybody that's here, but I still can't seem to lose the weight. And as we've talked about before on, the, on this podcast, is I, I just suggested like, maybe we change the input. Maybe we change the ingredients of, of what you've been trying to create and see if that does anything. And there was, a, there was this moment where he kind of looked and he's like, huh, okay. And then there was that, that reaction that was very brain-centered, like, but, but this is what I know is that the right thing to do is to hit the gym hard and to watch what you eat and so on and so forth. Of course, these are you know, decent and solid health and fitness tips, but I was like, all right, let's just change up the input. Maybe we don't work hard as, as the gym. Maybe your body's just exhausted and it can't like, heal itself. And maybe that's why you're not losing weight, whatever. I'm not a health and fitness guy. I just suggested a different opportunity for him um, because of <clears throat> the way that his brain was trying to force this this old pattern that he had been been doing for years and uh, i was like all right you're not going to go on the scale for like three weeks because he had been going on the scale every single day waiting for that poundage to drop I'm like you're not going to go on the scale for three weeks 
Um, you're going to disconnect from your need to do whatever you think you need to do in the gym. You're going to switch up your input. You're going to switch up the ingredients to your pizza, essentially. And so the first week, he, there was a lot of resistance. It was like, I need to hit the, the gym harder. I need to go do some cardio. I need to yada, yada, yada. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're just going to stick to this plan. We're going to follow this, this, this path that is different, that is butting up against your ego. And he's like, okay, all right. After the first week, second week. Second week, he was like, um, okay, I feel better. Like, it, I feel lighter. And he wasn't saying physically. He was saying emotionally. Like, this doesn't feel as heavy, this whole going to the gym, trying to grind my way to, to losing weight. I'm like, good. All right, stay with that then. And then, you know, the third week had gone by. He finally hopped on the scale and he lost 10 pounds. And he was like, oh, my God, holy shit. And I was like, yeah, it's because your, your brain was trying to tell you to do it this way so that it could stay as it was. We needed to switch that up and, and follow a different path. And it wasn't something that came through his heart in a way that like he heard it, but being his coach, seeing that like his brain was trying to trap him into the, the, the way that he had been, the, the, the way that he was, you know, kind of grinding it out in the gym, thinking that was the way he needed a different path. And in that path, he found some relief. He found like there was, and, and I kind of spoke to this in terms of meditation, but like unplugging yourself from the stimulus that wants to keep you on the same hamster wheel. And allowing himself to not step on the scale, to not think that he had to go and, and bust his ass in the gym as much as he had, he lost 10 pounds. And he was miffed by it. I mean, I'm again, I'm not a health and fitness guru. So I was like, I, I have no scientific explanation for you, but I do know that disconnecting from what your brain said had to be the way and trying something different, that's the path. And I'm not surprised terribly that you got different results from that because you, your heart has probably been trying to tell you this for a long time. Um, so it's just a matter of seeing that when we get in this loop of the ego saying like, this has to be the way we're doing it this way, whether it be in health or in business or in your relationship, you think it has to be, or should be a certain way. Just take a step back and say, okay, well, if that's not working, then what's my heart trying to tell me? And, you know, maybe having someone of support or, or coaching in your corner is helpful because I was able to help my client do this. Um, but shifting away from that, that left brain, like it's gotta get done the way that I've been getting it done it allows us to have some different results because we've changed the input that was built off of our old experiences. That's awesome. I knew yeah. there was a story in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But you change up the, change up the cause, you change up the effect. Um, and I think that, I think that also just attests to the power of the mind, right? The, you read, you read, um, you know, you read Joe Dispenza, right? You read, you are the placebo, you read becoming supernatural. Uh, or if you read the biology of belief and you read about epigenetics, like our brain builds our body, our brain builds our body. And so by, and, and it's the same thing. Like when I have clients that they're worrying about money cause they want more money. And I'm like, listen, the worrying of the money is actually holding in place the thing to be worried about, which is a lack of money. So you're creating lack. And they're like, no, no, no way. If I don't worry about it, I'm going to go broke. Not me, Julian, not me. And, uh, and I remember a nice little client story. Um, I had a client who she, you know, she, she was an author, right? And she helped other, you know, entrepreneurs write their stories, publish their books, all this. And she had just offers all over the place. She had her little course. She had a little like, weekly check in Facebook group, but she had this high ticket done for you thing where she interviews you and then writes her whole book. She's like, Julian, if I could just do four to five of these a year and charge, you know, 20 K, you know, for this and this, and then do all the publishing, like that would be awesome. But I don't know if anyone's going to, I don't know if anyone's going to pay for it. And I was like, okay, well now you're projecting your worry about money onto your potential clients 
who may not even be worrying about it, but by you worrying about it, we create what we focus on. You're creating lack for yourself and a lack of clients. And I was like, just assume everybody wants it. Like, just everybody's got the money they're willing to pay. It's a fun yeah, time. Like, just go into that. With everybody wants it. And she's like, I don't know if I can do that. I was like, of course you can. Of course you can. You can think about your favorite food, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well then you can direct your thoughts. We all have, <laughs> I mean, we do. We all perfectly. I know. I just love that, that very simple analogy. That's wonderful. I'm going to be using that now. Thank Always you. works. Always works. Like you can use your mind constructively. Uh, that's what happens when it's not on autopilot. And same thing. She had a 35K month. And I was like, wowee, how cool. Like when no you're not, when you're not using your brain to focus on the thing you don't want, which it's just one of those laws of the universe, cause and effect, you're going to stop creating the thing you don't want. And in its place, because this universe is here to support you, not fuck you, good stuff happens. Good stuff happens. So that's also a mixture of listening to the heart and listening less to the ego and the power of the mind. Mm. It's the, uh, the trilogy. If you yes. Will. Yes. Mm. Just like cars. One, two, and three. Didn't see that coming. Thought we were going with a different movie franchise. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Over the hedge. One, two, and three. Also didn't see that coming. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Tell okay. me you have another random trilogy. <laughs> I'm really trying to think of like B-list, low caliber, <laughs> Air Bud, Golden Receiver. <laughs> Hey, you leave Airbud alone, that beautiful dog. They shouldn't have made him play football, man. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Uh, how we've gotten here. Tangible taco takeaways. Let's do some tangible taco takeaways. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Where do we start with the heart? As um, Julian does the Carlton. I already got mine. I already got mine. As right, we're saying, like, the heart only will reveal its contents in some sort of stillness whether it's a sunset or a hike or meditation or whatever. So if you want to use your compass to guide you to your greatest good, you gotta, you gotta clear the channel. You gotta clear the frequency. You can't have static. So choose, go on a hike, choose to go watch a sunset or a sunrise, choose to, to meditate. And you can ask, you can even ask it, say, all right, heart, about to sit here for 30 minutes. Hit me with what you got, right? Like you can ask it and it'll do stuff. Like mm -hmm. test your power people, but create some stillness in your life so you can use the compass. Um, that's what I say. Super simple, but super tangible. Super. Mm. Good. That is a super tangible taco takeaway. Yeah. And it is Tuesday. And it is Tuesday as we record this, but when we release it, it shall be a Monday, but you might be listening to it on a Tuesday. So I'm just rambling for no reason. Yeah. My tangible takeaway take takeaway tidbit <laughs> is, uh, I mean, uh, I think it's hard to top what you said, Julian. So I'm just going to echo what you said. Yeah. Unplug your damn self from the stimulus that you are so used to because you will not be able to hear what your heart has to say until you do. Because the, the way that our brain, and we've talked about it at length this episode, every episode that we've basically done on this podcast, your, your brain is just always going to try to, your ego, I should say, always trying to survive. Therefore, it's always going to stay in the loop that you've known so you can stay comfy and familiar and everything's great. But when the heart has something better for you, and I promise you it often, often does, you won't be able to hear it because your ego is going to be speaking very, very loudly from its Mazda Miata that we've spoken about as well on uh -huh. said podcast. Uh -huh. So unplug yourself, meditate, journal. Um, what? Like 
watch a, a good movie that you love. Like do, do something that is going to allow you to remove from, I have to do this for my business. The to-do list is so long. I have to go and, and, and do this for yada, yada. Like the to-do list, the things that we feel like we have to do, the survival mode that we all wake up in. If we just stay in the loop, we're never going to be able to hear our heart. So unplug yourself, find some stillness, stillness of choice. It doesn't really matter because everybody's got their own, their own flavor, but do something. And when I say do, it's an operative word that I'm going to take away there. Just choose something that allows you to feel removed from everything that has um, kind of muffled the sound of your heart. Because if you can actually hear it, it will be the most powerful thing that you've ever listened to. So yes, unplug, find stillness, listen to your heart. Yeah, we had that jamming earlier, but we don't have the uh, rights to it. So no, we just have Nick's version. Yeah, I mean, mine was pretty good. I I just feel like if we could actually let that run for an entire podcast episode, I, I think we'd keep our subscribers. But I'm not quite sure. I don't know how committed they are. Only one way. <laughs> Only one for the rest of this podcast. Please tune in to listen to your heart by Roxette. <laughs> Nice. Very good. All right, ladies, gentlemen, students of the New School of Success, we've given you some tangible takeaway, 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 takeaway. It's dinner time in Nick's world. Yes, we've given you all of the things that we could give you. And here we are telling you to listen to your heart. So please do so. Julian, do you have, every, have anything else for them before we go to the bell? Ring it. Ring it. Ring it.